All right, everybody, welcome back to another podcast episode. Uh, this is not a quarantine cast, uh, but my quarantine guest is the same, so it's Sotak Andre. Uh, <laughs> hey, Andre. Nice rhyme. Hi. Yeah, so um, we thought that today we would do a bit of a yearly or year in review type episode where we would talk about some of the stuff. Um, I wouldn't say that we learned in 2020, but uh, just reflect on the whole thing and maybe it will help you guys listening, reflecting as well. Or maybe we will just have a an interesting, somewhat funny kind of bantery discussion. So we will see. But uh, anyway, Andre, um, I don't know. How did you think about uh, the, the structure of this? Did you write together stuff for yourself or what was your setup? Yeah, mostly I, I have mental notes. <laughs> I didn't write out anything, but I have a... a uh, a general overview of what I would like to touch on. And like you said, you know, sort of uh, more so training-related stuff or diet-related stuff. Maybe, you know, perhaps there was something you changed your mind on because I know I have something that... I'm not even sure if it's been this year, but it's definitely this year has been the final, quote-unquote, push or nudge towards that uh, shift of, of opinion, if you wish. Uh-huh, gotcha. Um, yeah, so maybe let's start with this. So 2020 has been a really weird year for many people. Um, I don't know, would you say that this was a terrible year for you all in all, or how do you think about it in retrospect? Um, I wouldn't say it was terrible. It was, I certainly wasn't as productive as I hoped it would be, although I did have some good uh, parts in it, you know. Of course, the lowest part was our dog dying. Um, that was, yeah, that was that was not good. But yeah, yeah, we have a new puppy, Loki, who's who's great, and he's getting big, so that's that's good. My mom really loves him, so you know, at least we have that to look forward to. I'm looking forward to going home tomorrow. Probably this will come out after Christmas, so this will be our first Christmas with him. You know, meaning him, meaning our dog. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a good thing. Uh, you know, I met new people. Business-wise, it was not good, <laughs> as you might imagine. I mean, we've had the three months that we lost uh, in March through June, which are usually the best months of the year. I know that usually is January in in the US and so on, but over here it's mostly March because January is good, but it's not as good as March usually. So. March started off really well. I had a pretty nice and full calendar of clients and then just, you know, just everything went downhill and then we opened up in in mid-June, I think, but July and August are dead months because everyone's on holiday and then, you know, half of the people were scared to come. They're still scared, but whatever. And then it's been pretty much like that the entire time. I mean, in December has been very empty. So yeah, business-wise, it was not good. Uh, like I said, personal life-wise, it was okay, ups and downs. Um, my physique, has, I think that's been at least... That also had its, its ups and downs, which we touched on. <laughs> In hindsight, looking back at some photos from May, yeah, it was that was pretty... That was the down part. I... I, I don't know if we should get into that straight away or we should keep that in later. One of my biggest realizations diet-wise has been simply that being alone is not good for me. Being lonely, well, I guess being lonely is not good for anyone. But, you know, people have various coping mechanisms and some might say that it's... I, I, I'll probably 
some will argue that all of them are are just as bad, just in different ways, you know. Because if you if you binge watch movies and you're just unproductive and depressed, that's not good. If you binge eat, like I I wouldn't call it binge. Let's say you you know drown yourself in food, <laughs> that's also not good. If you drown yourself in alcohol, that's also not good. If you start having compulsively sex with strangers, that's probably also not good. So. I mean, everyone, you know, has a different coping mechanisms. So for me, it's definitely food. So that's been a realization that I have made once again, because I sort of knew that all along, but it just been confirmed for me. But yeah, I think I ended the the year in a, well, now I'm not at my, because I, I had a couple of days of, of higher calorie food. So not currently, but a couple of weeks ago, I think I was overall looking my best ever, which is nice. I was able to take some photos and hopefully we'll be able to use them for not necessarily marketing and stuff, but just, you know, if you if you post this episode, for example, you won't have to use that old photo I have in my head <laughs> from the gym and stuff like that. So yeah, small wins, basically. How about yourself? Yeah, um, so I, I don't know. It's just been a really weird year. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say that this was like the worst year of my life, which I know for a lot of people it was. I would say that there was a three, four month period where I definitely felt like this is the worst that I felt in maybe 10 years. And um, I don't know, like as far as the weirdness of 2020 and how that impacted me, I would say that maybe the biggest lesson I learned from that is is sort of one thing that I've known before, but this was reinforced now, that you really need to diversify your happiness portfolio, which is, again, I think that's an amazing saying, really well phrased, but uh, kind of overused now in our little circles, or at least I've used that a lot, and I heard that a lot as well. But really, it just means that I knew that working out means a lot to me, going to the gym and having that hour, or it doesn't have to be the gym, but having productive workouts, that's a big component of my personal well-being. And I always knew that it's not good to put a lot of stock into kind of any one particular domain of your life, because if that goes, then you can be really, you can just feel lost and that's not a good place to be. And, but I never, you know, I, I thought of maybe I could get injured or things could happen that would take me out of the gym because I had that before. So I knew how bad that was. So I was really careful to not let, let that happen. But when all of a sudden the gyms got closed and I had very minimal equipment at home, I just felt so lost and immediately my mood, just my overall well-being was impacted pretty severely. So that was a really rough place to be. And, and of course, also just the uncertainty of what's going to happen. All, all you hear for weeks and weeks is just everything is getting worse in the world. These strict measures and those strict measures and in this country now as well. And the predictions are saying this, like not a single piece of good news came out for so long. So, you know, just that whole process was uh, was scary and, and very confusing. So I'm really glad that at least that phase is over. So maybe we will be coming, like, some rough times are going to come again. But for one, it's not going to come as such a shock. And I would think that at least the unpredictability and just the magnitude of new shitty stuff that will come with that unpredictability will be less. So I, I'm ho I'm really hopeful that on that front, at least the worst is over. Um, 
other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I had lots of ups and downs, also with my physique. And also on that front, I had some interesting lessons. So when I was in that really shitty phase, I actually went, I wouldn't say I went off the rails, but I kind of let myself go. And I don't even really want to say specific numbers as far as like how much fat I gained and how much muscle I lost and stuff like that, because I am actually somewhat embarrassed about the whole thing. Maybe like a year from now or something when I'm like emotionally distant from all of that, I will talk about the specifics, but I kind of let myself go. And even within that, there were some positives. So I went to my girlfriend's family's weekend house for a week and honestly, that was like the most relaxed and chill I ever felt around her family because I was not giving a shit about what I was eating. I was just eating what they were eating. I did not make any special arrangements when I was around them. And it was such a stress-free, nice time that I spent with them there. Honestly, so like that was a positive thing because earlier on when I was in much better shape, I never had that. So even that had some kind of silver linings in it. And yeah, uh, other than that, honestly, it's uh, it's not been that like remarkably different. Financially, I was impacted to some degree, so my non-fitness related incomes were impacted. My fitness and like my online presence related incomes were uh, they were worse than normal, but not like a horrendously huge difference. So yeah, I don't know, just some brief thoughts. Um, but yeah, maybe you could talk about your your physical transformation. So you got lean. I actually couldn't believe it when I saw it because <laughs> you've been trying for so long and like you planned it all the time and then you stopped and planned it and stopped. You made some progress with your fat loss and all of a sudden you send me some pictures and I was like, holy shit, dude, you're actually lean. And uh, also to be honest, like I, you know, I didn't really have any realistic perspectives on how good or not good your physique is because it's always different when you're a bit higher in body fat i could see that your back is good and we talked about that but now with that leaner physique i have a much better perspective and like you actually have a very decent physique um so finally you, re you revealed that to the world so yeah how, how did that go um what what made the difference for you there I mean, I still wouldn't say that I succeeded in that. Like I said, I mean, I've had a couple of days of, you know, just again, but I'm I'm alone. Like, it, there we go again. Like, it's the same shit. I mean, I, you, as you know, I, I broke up with my girlfriend and she's at home, but whatever, we're still talking. So most likely we're going to, we, we reconsider that or reconciliate. Uh, but anyway, that's not the point. The point is that... Um, I'm going to be mostly alone for these couple of weeks. And I've had like, I didn't have many days. I've had maybe two days of, you know, <laughs> maybe eating a couple thousand calories, like uh, extra. And I was shocked, like how fast, I don't know if you've seen the photo I posted last Friday uh, from the gym. Uh, yeah, last, last week I had the food poisoning. So that was, you know, sort of, I was semi dehydrated and whatnot. But I, I, I was looking pretty good. And, uh, and then I think Saturday I had a lot of food. Uh, and it's funny because someone asked me yesterday, like, like you know, we talked in private about the whole aspect of people varying in their food drives and whatnot, and how much they need to have their quote unquote drive uh, sort of uh, satisfied, or you know, the food reward for for it to hit. And someone asked me, like, do you like eating, or or, or is it? 
hard for you to resist eating stuff like that. And I was like, uh, what do you think? <laughs> and Saturday I ate like 20 pancakes. Well, you know, not the American types, but the creeps, you know, the ones you roll. So yeah, I ordered like 20. <laughs> so yeah, so I had that. And then on Monday, I looked like pretty much like I gained like 10 pounds of body fat. And I was like, and, and that just hit me like, it's amazing how fast you can not necessarily lose progress because I, I don't assume that I gained like 10 pounds, probably gained like a pound of body fat. But still, like visually, it's such a dramatic difference. Um, so yeah, I would say that I still... Um, I think the way you phrase it, decent, is the best way to put it. I have a decent physique for a natural, for an average natural. Like, uh, you know, we talk this about this in private as well, that every now and again I feel good about myself and then I start getting into Instagram explore page and I, and I see this Gymshark happiness and I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's there's a difference between an average natural and a quote unquote natural Instagram natural Gymshark athlete. Let's put it that way with a not average genetic. So yeah. Uh, but as far as the practicalities and why I do, how I did it, I didn't do anything differently other than I simply became fed up with myself, honestly. And this is one of my biggest lessons. Like, and I posted about this. I don't know if you've seen it. I posted a meme of John Wick. I don't know if you've seen the movie John Wick Three. Have you seen it? Yeah, so so in the end, there is this scene where, you know, John has been basically betrayed and there is uh, there's this guy who is like, so tell me, John, are you pissed? And John's like, yeah, I'm pissed. <laughs> so I was like, they're pretty much me talking to myself in the mirror, like, are, are you pissed? Have you had enough? I was like, yeah, I think I had. <laughs> so that was one thing. I just became, you know, fed up with, uh, you know, being unhappy with with the way I look and like you know you know this full well that you never appreciate the way you look like you never realize how fat you really are and you never appreciate how lean you really are once you when you're there so I was looking back through my old photos now and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ I was fat and that wasn't that there isn't that big of a difference it's not like I gained you know it's not like I was 110 kilos and I and now I'm 80 something I was 90 and a bit like but that's just the reality I had to face and confront. And, you know, I sort of accepted this year that it's just not in the cards for me to be 90 kilos lean. It's naturally, it's not going to happen. There's no way. I'm not going to gain another five kilos of, of muscle from here or seven or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and I know Chris Barakat can say all the bullshit he wants about, oh, you have to believe, blah, 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 blah. And and uh, the, the Instagram coaches can post their enhanced clients with the captions of, well, you have to believe it and all is all in the mind. And okay, then remove the drugs and let's see how he fares. So anyway, uh, so yeah, that's what I did. And other than that, the specifics, just calorie deficit and training progressively. And, you know, <laughs> pretty much I haven't like, I haven't lost any strength whatsoever. Like maybe, you know, a couple of reps here and there, but pretty much my strength is the same as it's been when I was 90 plus kilos. And now I would say it's like my leanness has been 82.5 on the scale. You have that photo. Um, so, you know, filled out, I'm probably 83, 84, something like that. 
And next year, I definitely want to plan on getting to 80, maybe a bit under. So I want to do a proper photo shoot, like, you know, fitness style. Um, as far as my physique, yeah, I, I think the same. I mean, my chest sucks balls. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. It's, it's my structure is not helping me. No, but me, you're, so. that, that's the thing. Like, um, you sent me one picture where I even asked, like, is that you, dude? Like, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that particular one is like, that's pretty much, so that was um, something that I'm not going to share <laughs> publicly. But yeah, that I was pumped um, after some late night cardio with the girlfriend. <laughs> mm. So that's pretty much, is, that was almost like, you know, being pretty much pumped. <laughs> my legs and my arms and whatever. And the thing was that the light was coming from, from the left. So I was in the mirror, but the light was coming from the left, from the bathroom. And that creates a shadow. So that's the sort of light where you look better regardless. But yeah, that was that was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, um, I, I'm actually currently... Yeah, like the reason I asked you is because I always find it interesting when someone is trying to do something for a long time and like fails in a in a particular way i mean in, in your case i think failure was literally that you just always like you started out dieting and maybe you dropped one or two kilos and then you just stopped and you went back to bulking or just just not dieting and now now all of a sudden you did it so i'm just always interested in you know was there something that clicked in someone's head was it a mindset change or a different strategy or or something so that's mainly what i was what i was curious about. yeah so like i said it's okay this is gonna probably gonna sound weird <laughs> so i've been in a long-term relationship with someone for like three years but you know i didn't really have that drive back then even though in 2016 i got pretty lean that was when i was with her but still and then you know i've been uh, mostly alone since 20 late 2018 or late 2019 um, and this year, like I said, it's just after we opened the gym, I was sort of embarrassed of myself. Like, I was, I don't know, man. It's its just simply, I feel like, I mean, I sent you that that uh, post of, you know, some UK, whatever, physics specialist who looks like someone who just started lifting like six months ago. Like, I, I still have imposter syndrome in my head. I still feel like my physique isn't good enough or certainly wasn't when I was 90 plus kilos. And I, I felt like, you know, a trainer should not look like that. And I know that, you know, there is a whole lift the bar mantra. Well, it doesn't matter how you look. I, it does. It really does. It does for myself. It does matter for clients. It does matter for my well-being and how well I feel. Plus, like I said, it's I do much better. I'm much more disciplined when I am with someone and that someone sees me naked semi-frequently. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, okay, it's, I'm sure some people will going to look at that and say, oh, well, that's a, a, such a superficial reason or that's not healthy and you shouldn't do something just because of external validation. It's not external validation. It's I feel better about myself when I take my clothes off if I look better. And I don't like it when I don't look as well. It just affects my self-confidence. It affects my libido. It affects everything. And simply, I like I said, I look better. I feel just as well. I feel much better, honestly, at this leaner body weight. Um, my strength hasn't dropped at all. So there's literally no reason for me to be 90, 92 kilos other than 
I can eat more, <laughs> which is nice, but it's not that big of a sacrifice, you know? Like, physiologically, it doesn't affect me. That's where I want to get. It's like, and you talked about this as well, that it's not, obviously, it wasn't the physiological limit that was, you know, uh, stopping me from getting leaner. It was it's not like I hit my body fat set point and, you know, my body was fighting back. It was simply mental. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just, I don't know. I hope it made sense to me. It just it mostly has been me being fed up with myself, not liking how I looked, and the extra uh, external validation, if you wish, like others. I, honestly, I feel weird. Like I got into a point where I was, you know, especially after workout, I took my shirt off, and people were like, "Wow, you look great!" and I serious. It got into a point where I was, I was, I was feeling weird. Like I was like, "Stop doing that with your guys." I mean, I like the compliments from women that I like, but when guys start complimenting, I start feeling like uncomfortable. Like, like someone's like, "Do you want to? I don't know, grow, <laughs> jump with me in the shower? or What's going on?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, honestly, I'm. Um, it's funny because I also went through that. So. I did a, a podcast episode on this like ages ago, like three, almost three years ago at this point. And it, it was a pretty cringy episode, but I leave it up there because for some people it was valuable. But basically I was talking about how for me, meeting my girlfriend was like a really big inspiration to try to be the best version of myself in every way. And one aspect of this was being in my best shape, which is now looking back kind of ironic because my girlfriend actually doesn't give a shit about how ripped I am. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so that was a big inspiration for me. And, you know, for the first, I would say, six months of our relationship, that was enough to just always keep my eyes on the prize. Like, you know, I have to maintain this because I'm trying to be the best. And uh, over time, you know, as you get more settled into a relationship, I'm not trying to say that you get comfortable and you don't give a shit. Although, to some extent, that's true. Like, you stop trying to prove yourself all the time so that's one aspect of this but the other aspect is just like I said she does not care legitimately if I have a six-pack or not so I needed to find other stuff that motivate me and right now the, the main thing that motivates me is I look back at some older videos when I'm leaner and honestly I just like how my face looks a lot better mm, so that too yeah it, it's crazy so like a lot of things. So so I watched the video that I did, made about a year ago, more than a year ago, actually. And it was, I got shredded, seven things I learned. And it was right after my photo shoot, I recorded that video. And I look a little bit too skinny. So especially my shoulders, like my upper body looks like a, of a, you know, someone who needs to be admitted to the hospital pretty much. But, um, and my face is a little bit too skinny, so I wouldn't want to be that lean. But my skin like looks so clear and I have some weird like wrinkle-like things on my face. I don't know what it is, but you know, like kind of baggy eyes. I, it always annoys me when I see that on my videos. And it, I can still see that it's there, but it's much, much more mild on that video. So, and I also look younger on it. So it's like, man, like I just look a lot better when I'm leaner, not just in terms of my six pack, but on the whole, yeah. I think I just, I'm just more attractive. So uh, yeah, that, same. That, that's honestly my motivation right now. Cause in my videos, I don't, I don't show my physique very much. I don't post physique shots very often. And, uh, but it's like headshot videos. So you can mainly see my face during them. So that, that's my main motivation at the moment. Yeah. But, and, and just to clarify, when I said that, you know, I like it better when I'm leaner, 
I like it better. It's not that women like it. Like, believe, I'm not going to say the number, but uh, since, I don't know, June or something, like ever since July, maybe all of the women I've been with, every single one of them has said that, well, you look great. Why do you want to keep getting leaner? Like, you look great. You're not fat. Like, pretty much they, they are good with you're not fat. And yeah, you have muscles and that's nice, but whatever. So I'm doing it for myself. It's not that them, <laughs> they, women are trying to, you know, persuade me. There is someone who I've talked to you about who is at the gym who does, but she's much more into lifting. These were, you know, women who either didn't lift or, you know, they were just casually frequenting the gym or just started lifting or stuff like that. So they weren't, you know, the hardcore. And I honestly don't like that attitude so, to tell you the truth. Um, like... If I start telling someone that, hey, my goals are to get leaner, I don't want to hear, why? You already look great. <laughs> you know, it's just annoying. Um, I didn't take it personally, of course. I'm just saying that I much prefer the, yeah, good. You have still have ways to go or okay, awesome. It's great that you have these ambitions or stuff like that or awesome. I know you you can do it and you will succeed and stuff like that is much better than, why? You look great already. Why do you want to do <laughs> You know, it's like, ugh. Yeah, uh, the for me right now, a big difference compared to what I did earlier is I'm actually cutting right now as well, or maybe not as well. I don't know if you're cutting right now, but I am cutting. And I've been doing this for, for about three months, and I'm doing it very slowly. So I lost about six kilos, but I did that over three months, and I was around nine. That's not very slow. That's very reasonable. Uh, I mean, you know, just very slow would be like Jeff Harbors, you lose uh, six kilos in 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not that slow, but, um, it, yeah, I'm, it, it, that, that's, and that's the big thing because I always did these, uh, aggressive mini cuts and I was good at that. So I could get into the mindset. I was pushing hard and I was feeling uncomfortable as fuck and zero libido social events. Nope. Sorry, honey, for these four weeks or whatever, I'm not eating out or if yes, then, hey, waiter, can you bring me a salad with no oil and uh, whatever, and that's what I'm going to eat. So this time I was much more relaxed. I'm eating out uh, once a week usually, and I have my standard menu, which is a Caesar salad. I'm asking them to not put the mayo on it, just put it on the side. And then I have a plate of these fried uh, chicken fingers and some French fries and like two glasses of wine. That, that's my menu. <laughs> and... Uh, Honestly, I'm, I'm loving it. It's very satisfying. Like it's so nice when in a restaurant you can eat as much as you need to not be hungry anymore. So you're not like, okay, I didn't didn't binge, but man, I could eat so much more. I'm like, no, I feel good. So so that's great, and mm -hmm. it's been working really well. And um, just I'm not overstressing if on one day I'm not hitting my deficit. I'm not tracking calories, but if I eat a little bit more, I'm not too worried. And it's been just really slow and steady. So my hope is to drop another maybe four kilos. And then I honestly think I will do that over the next mm, two, three months. And then I will be happy with that. And, and I'm hoping that by doing it really slowly, I will, I will be forced to basically really ingrain those habits that will be required to actually stay there. Because after that, honestly, my goal is not to then, okay, now I'm going to go on a lean bulk and I'm going to put on this and that much weight. Because probably I could eke out some more muscle growth with that. But um, to be honest, that, that is just not that exciting to me anymore. It's, um, 
if, if I can be two kilos heavier in terms of lean weight in the next year or the next two years, yeah, it would be cool, but uh, it's not a problem if that doesn't happen either. So that that's a lot, actually, two kilos of muscle. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said, like, well, let's say over the next two, three years, that would be really good. But um, but it's not it's not going to make yeah. or break my satisfaction with my fitness progress. But finally staying like legitimately leaner than what I have been able to maintain in the past that I would see as a big, big success. So do you have a body weight goal in mind? Like I don't want to go above X or. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, right now, looking at myself, this uh, 80. So I'm 84 kilos now, thereabouts. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're about the same. Yeah, I, I, so I was basically around 90 when I started. I kind of, I kind of bulked up a little bit, uh, not not completely planned. <laughs> um, hmm. And yeah, I, I think this is this is around the fattest uh, that because because now I look back at some of my older videos. Actually, if someone goes to my YouTube channel and sees the main video that's playing, which is building muscle at maintenance harder than you think, something like that is the title. And I'm not fat or anything, but my face looks just so chubby. My arms look bigger, but my face is so chubby on it. I'm like, eh, I don't like it. Uh huh. So I looked up the video. I mean, yeah, you look good. Um, you don't look terrible, but um, yeah. So we were at a similar body weight uh, once my water retention and stuff drops. So yeah, I'm actually the same. Um, <laughs> I was just discussing this with someone who is uh, who is uh, using some stuff, but he's also you know fairly knowledgeable. We have some minor disagreements about drugs here and there based on what I've heard from other people but uh, but he's very reasonable so I like to talk with him and I said the same thing I was I was I was I was just showing off like no offense I mean you know I both we both love Eric but I was just telling him that I mean yeah of course Eric doesn't care I know I know this is not an insult towards Eric it's don't take it like that don't show it to Eric oh well he insulted you it's not like that it's just I don't want to look like that Okay, this this sounded insulting. I don't want to walk around that heavy, let's put it that way, or gain that much body fat with the hope of putting on another minuscule amount of muscle. That's what I wanted to say. Like, I don't want to be like he's what, what or hundred kilos, let's say. Like, first of all, I I would be fat, fat, fat at hundred kilos. Like, I was ninety one, ninety two tops, and I was maybe ninety three. Okay, but. I was, I was, you, you've seen that photo from me. It was not pretty. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not, I store a lot of body fat around my midsection. It's not healthy. It's a lot of visceral fat, I would imagine. It's unhealthy. It looks unesthetic. I don't like it. It's just, I look shitty in clothes. I don't, I can't wear like, you know, t-shirts that highlight my arms, for example, because they are too tight around my midsection and my belly hangs out. And and yes, I have my insecurities and maybe it's just in my head. I know people who are 30% body fat and they come in these tight stringers and whatever. <laughs> I'm not that guy. So yeah, I'm the same way, actually. I, I said the same thing to this guy. I'm like, or Adam McDonald again, awesome guy. You look at his offseason updates, he looks like whatever he lifts, but he's like, you wouldn't guess that that's a natural pro who took like third at the WMBF Worlds or something like that. He was replaced at WMBF Worlds. <laughs> you would never guess that. Whereas my colleague, for example, you've seen him, how he walks around year round. I mean, and yes, that's huge. There's huge genetic, genetic component there, I know. 
but he's maybe 12%. I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to sustain that, but I'll be completely honest. I would much rather take Lodos testosterone to go on a sports CRT than, than, you know, be a natural and walk around that 20% body fat and look good for two months for what? It's just, I, I don't care. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would, I would, I mean, probably there are some aspects of this that I'm not familiar with. So like cardiac health and, and this and that. So someone can probably come in and uh, correct me on those. But I would guess that getting shredded, like like 7% body fat or leaner, is healthier if you're on gear than if you do it naturally. Like, and by gear, I, I'm meaning something like that, like a low dose test. Where, I mean, you know, like, I don't know, 200 milligrams or 300 milligrams, that's not low dose per se. But uh, so something like that, I would think is healthier to do it that way than to do it completely naturally. And just, although, oh, for sure. <laughs> although now thinking about it, you know, like, yes, your testosterone is crashed as hell when you get that lean, but a low test level is not unhealthy per se. It's just terrible for your well-being. But um, from a longevity perspective, I don't know, man. Your hair starts falling out, your libido tanks. It's, uh, I don't know. I yeah yeah, but that that's more of a well-being thing. Mm, I don't know. It's not really a good sign when your endocrine system starts shutting down. I don't think that's a sign of well-being. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like for example, as a woman, if you start losing your menstrual cycle, but hey, you look great. It's not a sign of well-being. You know, if you can get a boner. <laughs> Yeah, that's not probably not a good sign either. Yeah. So that's that's exactly what, by the way, that's been... Because <laughs> so, someone asked me, you know, how long do you want to cut? And I was like, probably as low as I can while not being extremely difficult and not losing my boner. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, what I, I'm, I probably what I'm going to do is get, get through this Christmas period, um, start the new year and probably try to maintain and just you know keep a constant and consistent body weight at 83 84 kilos i want to do some blood work i'm really curious where my test levels are at and i don't want to do that you know while fluctuating in body weight because it's probably not going to be very accurate all right so uh i guess we can venture over to some other topics too um because <laughs> we spent like 30 minutes talking about leanness and stuff um yeah i think but i think this is this is going to be helpful for some people yeah yeah i know for sure um, a big discovery that I made on kind of still somewhat on the fitness front is, you know, we talked about sleep a lot and, you know, I'm a bad sleeper and that's still the case. So I'm still not a sleeping mm. champion, but lately I started to like drastically cut down my caffeine intake. So for the last month or so I've been, or maybe more at, at this point, I started having like one cup of coffee, like an hour within an hour of waking up and nothing else after that. And I'm pretty meticulous. So even things like cocoa powder, I'm not having any of that in the late afternoon. So if, if I have some fruits and dairy or something like that for breakfast, I will have it with that. But in the evening, I'm not using that. I only use cinnamon and stuff like that. And man, it, it definitely made a huge difference. So what I, what I don't have anymore is these like completely random waking up periods during the night. When I wake up, I don't know, at after four or five hours of sleeping and I just feel completely alert and restless and just not being sleepy at all. I don't have that. So it's like, man, if this is the price that I have to pay that I cannot have as many monsters, I'm gladly paying it. So, hmm. 
Interesting. You might be, uh, I mean, I'm fairly certain that you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine. Probably. Uh, did you take that? Did you get that tested or not? No, no, but I want to actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was I was talking, I actually brought you up as an example to this guy I mentioned who, who I was talking about drugs and stuff. He said the same thing. He was like, you know, I, I basically I gave away some pre-workout because it tasted like shit. And he was like, yeah, I would use it, but, you know, I train late in the evening, so whatever. And he said that he see said the same thing that he drinks a coffee at at latest at ten in the morning because otherwise he's he's gonna his sleep gonna be affected. And I'm like, I drink pre workouts two scoops at six seven in the evening and at one I go to sleep and I'm fine. So I'm probably a fast metabolizer. It's just whatever. Yeah, I mean my my girlfriend is a freak in that regard. She does not get any stimulation from coffee, but her blood pressure is like. Um, like usually it's under 100 so it's something like 90 over wow. 90 over 70 or something is she alive you sure yeah she's alive but i mean i think that that explains <laughs> that she you put her down somewhere and say like okay now sleep and she will be be asleep in half an hour if she wants so she she can have the most terrible circadian rhythm management so she will like i don't know go to work come home i don't know 5 p.m take a nap for an hour or two or three, wake up at 8 p.m., hang around a little bit, have a cup of coffee, and then goes back to bed and, you know, whatever, sleeps another seven hours or something. So, huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, going back, just just one final note, since you mentioned blood pressure. That was, that was another thing that sort of prompted me on this fatless thing. So we had to take our annual, you know, whatever annual health exam which basically consisted of they took an EKG and the blood pressure blood pressure blood pressure came out 135 or 140 over I don't know whatever so it was really high I mean it wasn't high wasn't really high but it was higher than I would like it 140 is not it's not it's too much because last time I don't know why it was because I in in I remember in college we had it we take I I had it taken as well and I wasn't leaner back then, I, I don't think. And that was 120, 115, 120. So could have been simply the fact that I walked in a fast pace <laughs> until that place, that clinic. So that might have been one explanation. But still, it got me a bit concerned. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's just let's let's put the fork down for a bit. Yeah, I also had that uh, at the heavier body weight. And I actually got pretty freaked out because I had this blood pressure monitor at home and I checked my blood pressure and it was like 180 over 120. What? Yeah, and I, and I freaked out. No, no way. No way. That, that was after a run or what? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So then, then we checked it uh, with my girlfriend's blood pressure monitor and it, then it was like, yeah, something like yours, like 130 over 80 or something like that. So... But 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 it's still like perihypertensive. But that was also like pretty heavy. So that's why yeah, I'm like even for general health. Yeah, same. So that's why I'm annoyed by these idiots. You know who? Well, BMI doesn't matter and whatever. And uh, you know, I had that stupid discussion with uh, one of the barber medicine guys I sent to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the summer, and I don't know what was the, what was about exactly, but basically it was like, well, BMI doesn't matter because muscle and this and that, and and I think I said something to the effect of 
natural bodybuilders, you can't really get into an obese BMI without drugs or something like that. I don't know. Uh, we went into a stupid discussion. Pretty much we talked past each other. But the point is that, yeah, if you're lean and unless you're some sort of extreme genetic freak, you're not going to get into I mean, my my BMI uh, is just now at a healthy... I think my BMI is exactly at a healthy range. So 24 point something, eight. It's around that 25. It's pretty much normal to overweight range. And I would say I'm still, I probably could still have a couple of kilos to lose to be... Maybe if I... like At 82 kilos, I'm going to be 24 point something. I'm going to be at the healthy. So, okay, someone who has a better genetics can, of course, get higher. But from there to get to an obese BMI and be lean, <laughs> I don't buy that. So I think bodybuilders who think of themselves, oh, I'm just excessively muscular, you're probably excessively fat, and that's probably going to hurt you in the long term, even though you're active. I mean, and that's probably one of the things I sort of put my head in the sand <laughs> about. So that's been one of the things I sort of reconsidered or had to accept. And uh, I don't know what podcast i think it was the triage method guys uh podcast so shout out to the triage method guys gary and and Perry. they have a fantastic series about obesity and uh, and stuff like that which i would recommend to listeners to check out and they were talking about uh one of the episodes about this that some i don't know why people they can't accept the fact that certain choices have trade-offs like okay accept or you know admit the fact that yes me walking uh, around heavier or me being 20% body fat in search of new muscle or whatever, it's going to cost me some or going to affect my health or could affect my health long term, um, you know, and stuff like that. Or let's say even shit, I mean, even eating our high protein intake might cost us somewhat down the line just because Jose Antonio had a, a two-year study let's say, it doesn't mean that in 40 years it's not going to... I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying it could present a risk. Now, that's a trade-off I'm very happy to accept. <laughs> you know, if I'm if I'm going to lose, like, uh, you know, five years of, of my life because I ate, like, 300 grams of protein per day or three grams per kilo, but, hey, I was more muscular and my quality of life was a bit higher, that's awesome. But, you know... Uh, having a heart attack or stroke or whatever because I was too undisciplined to put down the donuts and I walked around 10 kilos heavier than I should have for like 20 years, 30 years. I think that's a trade-off I would not be willing to make. So I would much rather become a bit more disciplined. It's not like I... Because, you know, I have... People are idiots. Like at the same time, I, I literally I was I wasn't accused because there was someone who was talking behind my back who said that, well, I, I only eat crap. That's why I, I don't have results. I was like, okay, that's cute. And then at the same time, in the same day, I was, I was uh, a friend of mine saw me and was like, holy shit, dude, what did you take? I mean, you you cannot tell me that you're natural. I mean, you can, there's no way you look like that. I mean, a couple of months ago, you looked like you looked like nothing like this. He he doesn't grasp the fact that once you lose body fat, you look much much quote unquote bigger or you appear bigger. Um, and so I was it was even just funny that in the same day I was called. Um, and I also received a couple of messages. People were like, did you start taking steroids? Because I was like, huh, I made it. Of course, it's from people mostly who are not really into this. So I can't really write it off as a, as a victory just yet. But still, it's a nice boost to my morale that, oh, well, you know, I didn't. But thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, natural um, 
things that are achievable naturally and things that are not. Uh, I so I you know I'm gonna make this video on kind of the realistic muscular potential for people with average genetics. And kind yeah. of I'm going to spill the beans here a little bit, but it's pretty nuts because my kind of the not not theory, <laughs> it's much more simple than that. It's just an observation that I had for a while now that for most people that are not freaky uh, or like and, and maybe have average, maybe slightly above average genetics, something around the area of your your height in centimeters minus 100, that being kind of a nice aesthetically lean physique so not a yeah, yeah, yeah. not not, yeah. not stage weight so because that's but someone has been using that formula for a while i think it's birken or someone yeah so so birken's model is your height minus 100 and that's your stage weight so that's when you're you oh. have like veins running across your abs oh, okay. and, I, and yeah so that overshoots it a bit that overshoots it a bit and i think that that's more or less correct for people with not freaky, but good genetics. So Eric Helms yeah, yeah, roughly yeah. falls into that category. Mm -hmm. uh, someone like a Menno Henselmans falls into that category. I think my colleague as well. Yeah, he's one seventy eight, competes at seventy nine, eighty kilos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That guy that I sent mm -hmm. you a while ago with that perfect body and perfect face, mm -hmm. perfect everything. Um, mm -hmm. also, like I think Omar Isaf, if he was to get shredded, he would be around that. I would assume. So, so I, I think that that's a pretty good model, but that kind of overshoots it for average-ish mm -hmm. genetics people. And then there are those, uh, you know, the Casey Butt calculator, and that, yeah. and that is, um, yeah. I mean, it's just like I've never come across someone who did that, uh, filled out that test, like filled in their ankle measurement, wrist measurement, height, and everything and didn't get a value which was like oh my god i'm like 10 kilos away from that like almost everybody has that that i spoke to and even even people with good genetics so like steve hall i think i heard him mention that yeah i did it and i think i'm like 15 20 pounds away from that so mm. so that those are just overshooting it so yeah i, I think uh, most people can, can get like beach lean ish at that body weight so your height in centimeters minus 100 and i got yeah. around like 20 people submitting pictures to me and so interestingly, I kind of plugged all their data into the spreadsheet and the average is basically right around that. So like half a kilo away yeah, from that. Not surprising. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, which is not crazy at all, if you think about it, but the standard deviation within that. So the variance within that is like six kilos. Yeah. So there were some people who were like 11 kilos above that and some people 11 kilos below that. Now, some of that is, I think, is inflated by... I think some people just, they trained for five years, but like when I look at their physiques, to me, it's pretty clear that there's a lot more potential there. So they were just doing something wrong, either didn't train properly or were trying to stay too lean or something. Uh, and some of them were like pretty fucking good genetics amongst those. But on average, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same. I'm, we're both the same height, 83, 84 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. Holds up. Yeah, the same. Like I said, it's, it's, I have to be. I mean, I knew that for a long time. I, I told these people before. Like, I have to be under eighty-five kilos to look great, look decent. Let's put it that way. And I have to be under eighty to look good. <laughs> so, yeah. same, same. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And oh, this guy who I said I was talking about today, he said that. Well, you know, you're you're one eighty-four. Maybe you could be. I was like, I don't know what I said that I would like to be. You know, ninety kilos at 8% body fat, but it's not going to happen. He's like, yeah, well, maybe you could get to 85. 
was like 85 kilos at what? 8% body fat natural? No way. <laughs> no way. Like, let's see, I'm, now I'm what? I'm going to end up at what? 78 kilos at 8% body fat? Something like that. Let's hypothetically 77, whatever. I'm not going to put another another 7 kilos from here. <laughs> natural? No way. Unless you get another growth spurt and you grow in height, then <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I maybe I gained like three kilos in the last three to four years, something like that. <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like Kino body, like you know, I sent you that post of his. Uh, oh well, new program launch. Oh hey, by the way, I gained like since last year, I gained like I don't know how, how much it's been. Like, uh, I don't remember the figure. Maybe seven pounds or eight or ten, of which one was. Yeah, I think seven pounds. Yeah, of which one was body fat and. I was like, yeah, sure. So you've been training for 15 years, and now that you have a program launch, you suddenly gain seven pounds and leave body mass in one year after 15 years of, fuck off, give me a fucking break. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, buddy is. Um, and by the way, this might be a good uh, good transition into into another topic that I wanted to discuss here. Uh, so I, I had one category, which is the the discovery or kind of the. Well, what would be that in English? In Hungarian, it's felfedezet. What would that be in English? A discovery, realization, something like that. Well, like the well, it depends on what you're trying to say. So let's hear the entire phrase. The the discovered person, the new star of the fitness industry, basically. So I'm talking about oh. a person, but but about Kino Buddy because I just reminded me of the whole like Nettie or not stuff. I don't know if Kino Buddy is enhanced. To be honest, it you know. In the when someone is really big in the fitness industry in terms of popularity and their whole livelihood is and millions of dollars are dependent on them yeah. looking a certain way, then you would never be surprised if they were enhanced. I don't know if he is uh, the so like that post that you sent me. I think Kino Buddy could have legitimately gained a pretty substantial amount of weight naturally at some point, and that's only because for the longest time he was not training his lower body with any intensity, basically. So. And and I had that too. So one year I I made decent progress on my upper body, and I was like, yeah, I gained five kilos, and that was true. However, at least like four of those were on my lower body because I was just not not training them anywhere remotely properly. I was like, I was a real bro. I was basically skipping legs like half the time. Yeah, you know what the issue is with that theory is that in that photo he was him. <laughs> he's only he only it was only his upper body. Now you might see that that photo wasn't, you know, from from actually that period. In which in which case he's just a fucking liar and a, you know, a scumbag. <laughs> like if if I'm gonna post, for example, I'm gonna post a photo of oh well, I gained seven pounds. And maybe I did gain, but it was all in my legs. And then I post a photo of my upper body. I'm just a hypocrite and a fucking liar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a thing. The fitness industry is not the most honest <laughs> space, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, I tend to realize that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Kinobody, the one time where... Like, the one thing that I would really not be surprised if he was using is some sort of... Um, amphetamine or something like that because he parties a lot and partying a lot is not helpful for looking muscular and looking shredded like you drink alcohol which has a lot of calories usually the alcohol gives you the munchies so but if you're not drinking alcohol but you're using something much more potent and a lot more fun that could actually help because that suppresses your appetite like crazy so by that i would not be surprised but 
that's just uh, an, an idea. <laughs> I don't want to accuse him. So, so I, I mentioned this many times, but uh, I work with one of the best, probably the best from natural Romanian bodybuilder in in the con. Well, by of course in the country because I said the Romanian, so pretty much the best natural bodybuilder in, from Romania, and. The guy like literally lives and breathes bodybuilding. He's as disciplined as it comes. He doesn't usually. Well, he you know he, he likes women, so he might sacrifice his sleep every now and again. But you know, usually he doesn't. And he pretty much has gained since two thousand. He sent me a photo in two thousand eight. I think he was already like seventy six kilos or something. Like that. So he gained like in ten years again maybe three three kilos of stage weight, three. And if he cannot do it, when he literally all he does is bodybuild, like without exaggeration, like he works with women in the gym, he he sleeps, he he eats like a, like a like a machine, he trains hard and smart. If he cannot do it, I'm not I'm gonna I'm not gonna take some random Instagram influencers word that oh well you know why I've been training for 15 years natural, but here's the secret I suddenly discovered in the last 12 months and that's why I put on seven pounds. Oh by the way, I have a program launch coming up. Oh by the way, buy my new program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think you know, buddy had um, I I used to watch his videos a lot in 2014, 15 early 16 and then he became super cringy and then I stopped but um at one point he had this big jump in in muscularity so kind of at that point I wouldn't be surprised if he started doing something um cuz like the pictures before that he still looks good but he has much more of that kind of like kind of the netty the reality so you look good you look lean you look muscular but you're just very angular and you have that netty smallness to you. And then mm-hmm. after that, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden he started looking like big, round, like his shoulders were always good, but all of a sudden they were like, boom, this 3D delts explosion. So at that point, I wouldn't be surprised if he started something. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to bring up and, you know, again, people are probably going to call me hater and whatever. It's just, it's 2020. It's yearly summary. Let us not forget that drugs only help little. They don't do much at all. I mean, they just teeny, teeny, tiny bit. I mean, let's, for example, recap the Mr. Olympia, right? Sean Clareda won the 212-pound uh, uh, category. Good for him. He competed at 177 pounds. He's five foot two, and awesome. And of course, drugs only help a little. I mean, he competed at WMBF Awards at what? 170 pounds, right? Oh no, he was, I think, 125 pounds. Oh wait, that's 50 pounds. <laughs> that's 50 pounds gained on a five foot two skeleton. 50 fucking pounds on a five foot two frame. <laughs> Are you fucking insane? 50 pounds. That's like, that's like 100 pounds for like a regular size guy. I mean, Big Rami, again, he won the Mr. Olympia Open. He was 140 kilos on stage uh, at 178 centimeters. Look up the biggest natural bodybuilder at 178 centimeters. They are going to be, what, 90 kilos, maybe? Let's be charitable. 95, okay, with the most insane. Like, Big Rami would be naturally, what, 95 kilos, maybe. 100, okay, let's give him 100. That's tier 40 fucking kilos. 
<laughs> 40 fucking kilos. And yes, I know he's a genetic outlier, blah, 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 blah. Okay. He was a genetic outlier before. The only difference is the drugs, 40 fucking pound, kilos, I mean. It's almost 100 pounds. So can we just stop this bullshit of, oh, well, they only help a little. Oh, well, they still have to work hard. Yes, of course they have to. But <laughs> it's not the same. And that's why I started unfollowing every fucking guy who posts pictures of enhanced guys. Because I just get annoyed. I get annoyed when people don't even mention. I'm, I'm not saying that they should write in the caption. Oh, well, by the way, this was achieved using 500 milligrams of testosterone. No. I don't know. Say something like, by the way, P.S., this was achieved using supplements. This was not a natural transformation. Some people do mention it, and good for them. I mean, I sent you the Justin guy. Heads off to him. He mentioned this many, many times in comments. Are you natural? He's like, not anymore. Are you natural? No, this was after my first testosterone cycle. Or left, natural, 200 pounds. Right, 225 pounds. Not natural. Awesome. <laughs> That's all I need. You don't need to admit. You don't even have to admit it. Be like, Mike, well, in an alternate reality, I might be using some special soul supplements. Don't ask about it. I can admit to illegal substance use. Awesome. <laughs> don't be a fucking hypocrite. You know, like, don't lie. Don't say that you're natural. And don't undersell or underplay their roles. I mean, I've seen guys in my gym who come in whatever. There's a guy who... Not, I think he stopped claiming natural because he realized he's been, it's just hilarious and the entire gym is laughing at him because it's just hypocritical at the point. I mean, guy literally, I don't know, was pressing the 25 kilo dumbbells or 30 kilo dumbbells. Now he's pressing, we got a new pair of 56 kilo dumbbells, same with legs. I mean, he used to do walking lunges with like 20 kilos and now he's doing lunges with the 50 kilos and shit like that. And I think he gained. I think easily 12 to 15 kilos and nobody fed <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, come on. Yeah. So that's, um, so that, that's a good segue for me into, into one thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the new discovery of the fitness industry. And that is Greg Doucette. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I wanted to talk about him a little bit because honestly, to me, it's the reason that's a good segue is because he's doing a lot of these netty or not videos, which I also want to touch on for a second. But um, to me, it's it's crazy what happened with his presence, because one thing is that he exploded. So I, I think in the beginning of the year, I think when I started watching him, which was almost a year ago, a bit bit more than a year ago, he had maybe 60,000 subscribers. Now he has like yeah, yeah. 880,000 yeah. or something. <laughs> So Jesus the explosion Christ. was crazy. Now that is, um, it's not that surprising. I, I personally stopped watching his videos for a while. I really liked him. I was actually excited to check his new videos because his information was good. It was pretty much on par with most of the evidence-based guys that we follow. Of course, not as detailed, not as technical. I'm sure he lacks a lot of their knowledge, but fundamentally his advice was really good. And I found his style to be entertaining because he was like passionate, like he seemed like a goofy, passionate guy. Honestly, that's what he seemed to me. And then he started doing this constant streaming and this constant like making this weird face while he's talking. And it just became like unbearable to me. But it's not surprising that for others it's not, you know, like it's, it's unique and whatever what style you prefer is a very subjective thing so that that's one thing but i honestly never seen such a committed and almost like cult like following like what he has 
Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people explode, like Jeff Nippard or... Okay, so that's one example. Another one would be, um, I don't know, cannot recall any other examples, but I've seen guys go pretty quickly from like 100,000 subscribers to, you know, a million or close to it. So usually what happens with these really big guys is one, once they have, you know, close to a million following, there will be a lot of people that like them, but almost an equally big majority that will absolutely hate them. So when someone does a call out video on them or something, like Kino Buddy is a perfect example. There are a lot of call out videos on Kino Buddy kind of roasting him. And there are usually a ton of likes on those videos and the comments are like, yeah, yeah, this guy is so cringy. Oh my goodness. When someone d does a call out video on Greg Doucette, it's usually, you know, the like to dislike ratio is like 40, 60. Like more people are disliking the video than how many are liking them. And 90% of the comments is like, dude, you're such an asshole. Like you're whatever you do. You have no idea what you're talking about, like defending Greg. Um, and it's not just like 14-year-old wankers, you know. It's a, a, I've, had, uh, I've had people like not like very aggressively but sort of attacking me who were like, you know, 40-year-olds <laughs> because I didn't even say anything wrong about Greg, but maybe it could be heard in such a way that I'm attacking him. And it's like, oh, like whatever, leave him alone. And then like it's like, you, I'm biased towards Greg because um, he's also a short you know, 40-year-old guy like I am or something like that. It's like, man, honestly, I've never seen something like that. And honestly, I don't know what, what to ascribe that to. Uh, do you have any idea? Mm, not really, other than the fact that people don't really like boring personalities, I would assume. I don't know, you probably don't watch UFC, so this example is not going to say much to you, but he's pretty much Corby Covington of the fitness industry. Corby has been pretty much a good fighter, but... People haven't been paying attention to him. And at one point he was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> so he just became this mega mascot. You know, make America great again. Mascot, pretty much the greatest supporter of Donald Trump. And he went into this whole spiel of... He started, you know, calling people names and Trump this and Trump that and everywhere he went. And pretty much he, became, he had this, he adopted this personality. And yeah, people started loving him. Trump supporters started loving him, and Trump not Trump haters started hating him. But hey, doesn't matter. People hate you. People who love you. They still are gonna pay for your pay per view because they either want to see you win or see we want to see you lose. You know. So, so yeah, that's what happened with Corby. And uh, I don't know, Craig. I haven't watched him in a while. Um, I did watch his Johnny Sins video. And that's when I realized he has like 750,000 subs. I think, I know you sent, you watched him earlier because he sent me a couple of, he, I know you sent me that uh, Matt does fitness video. I used to think he was natural, I don't anymore. Um, uh, and stuff like that. And uh, I think back then he had maybe 100,000 subscribers, 120 at most. And now almost a million. Wow, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but anyway, um, we've been going for a while. I, I wanted to touch on the thing I mentioned that I changed my mind about. I don't know if you have something as well. Um, do you want me to go on? or So so nutrition-wise, I think ugh, I think the biggest thing has been the whole chrononutrition thing. So again, this has been one of those areas where I sort of had my preferences and I sort of dug my head in the sand and be like, well, you know, Many, plenty people have, have lost uh, body fat while eating late at night and whatever. 
And but I sort of come to grips with the fact that yeah, it's long term is probably healthier to eat more in the evening. Uh, sorry, in the bre- in the morning and not eat so much in the evening. Um, especially as a general advice for people who are not into fitness as much as we are. So I do think that there is a lot of mitigating factors that can come into this. Um, I know you said at some point that probably if you're fed up with this with this subject. Um, but yeah, I find it very interesting simply because this is one of those areas where there's been a lot of shift and pendulum has swung all over the place. And, you know, first it was, oh, you should never eat past 6 p.m. But there's never been a good... And that's the thing, right? Like, this is why I like, for example, Jordan Peterson, when he says that if someone makes an argument, you don't attack the weakest argument uh, or weakest version of that argument. For, for example, someone can have a valid point and they just might not be able to form it. I mean, that's with Mike Israel, right? Every single debate he has, usually he is simply smarter than the other guy. So he can come across as, quote-unquote, winning the argument, even if the other guy had a valid point. He simply twists it or simply responds in a, in a way that the other guy doesn't know how to tackle and that doesn't mean that Mike had a better rational response or rational argument. He simply is better at arguing. So I think that's been the case with the whole not eat after 6 p.m. Yeah, it turns out that not eating past 6 p.m. or at least not eating a lot is actually probably a good thing. Now, the explanation why it's not good, because <laughs> the explanation has been sort of, you know, your body starts automatically storing those calories. And you, you then you start seeing these memes on Instagram. Well... Uh, 5.59, a banana, 200 calories. 6.01, uh, a banana, 2,000 calories. Wrong. And that's, that's you know, that's, uh, again, one of those, you know, straw manning the argument, uh, basically. So it's not that calories sort of start, you know, doubling in your, in your food once you're, you know, once the sun goes down and stuff like that. It's simply, um, like, there is a lot of validity while first mechanistically, um, simply for, you know, that insulin sensitivity is probably worse in the evening and the whole um, circadian rhythm that we sort of didn't evolve, we didn't have artificial light for a long time, so we sort of uh, evolved um, to eat when there was sun out and, you know, when the sun sets, sort of we mostly went to sleep and we didn't eat a whole lot, stuff like that. But simply from a practical point of view, most people who skip breakfast are not going to be like typical bodybuilders who, yeah, we'll skip breakfast, but they will have discipline to not eat anything. And then we'll wait for like 2 to 4 p.m. And then they will eat their protein meal and stuff like that. Most people, if they don't eat at home, they go out and eat some crap <laughs> at lunch. So, so yeah, simply eating a breakfast um, is probably going to set them up uh, for the entire day simply because they will probably make a better choice if they had it prepared the night before or um, or you know they will simply avoid eating those uh, more tempting foods if they had something and their stomach isn't growling and stuff like that and again there's been a couple of or a couple of, you know there's been a number of studies at this point that's shown some benefit. Now, I'm still not sold on the idea that this is going to produce a huge amount of, you know, like, I eat a lot in the evening, 
but I also usually train in the afternoon. So if someone who's has finished a hard workout, it's going to be very different from someone who, you know, hasn't done anything. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, nuance here. But overall, yeah, that's been one area I mostly changed my mind about. So as a general rule of thumb, yes, I would I would at this point say that eating. Uh, light dinner is probably preferable, mostly protein and probably your best serve to distribute your carbs and fats towards the earlier parts of the day, unless, you know, you train in the evening and, you know, and that's where, you know, individualization comes into comes into play. Yeah, I mean, for myself, one thing that I, I wouldn't say I changed my mind, it's, it's kind of just a reinforcement of something that I thought a lot before, you know, because my the name of my podcast is Sustainable Self-Development, as much as I'm kind of regretting ever choosing that name, because it's uh, too much association with the environmental stuff. But so, w- like one thing that um, I started having a lot more as a mindset is just looking at the long term a lot more and sort of like whenever I'm thinking about decisions to make or I'm starting to stress over certain things, I'm always thinking about, okay, so if my goal is to maintain a leaner physique for the next 10 years, how much does this really matter? And of course you can, like that can backfire because some people can use that mindset and go, okay, well, I'm just going to order like five pizzas today because, you know, the long term, today doesn't matter. But uh, like really, I think the healthy way to apply that mindset is sort of, when you were to fall for that kind of all or nothing thinking. So when I'm stressing over, I don't know, I'm still a little bit hungry before bed or something like that. And then like, man, like, should I go to bed kind of starving or should I have a little something? And then I'm like, oh man, but I'm going to reduce the deficit or something. Or maybe I shouldn't have used that example because you just said that eating before bed is not the best, but it could be anything. It, it could be anything else. Like, let's say I'm worrying about, um, I'm invited to a lunch on Sunday to my girlfriend's family or something, which, you know, are not my favorite times. Many times I decline them, but sometimes I'm like, man, like it's going to take me out of my routine. I just don't want to do it. I probably wouldn't want to do it anyway because um, we're not, anyway, lots of reasons. But uh, but I'm like, man, like, is this really going to matter in the long term? It's like not gonna not going to the gym on one day and eating a little bit more on one day. It's like no, like who cares? So um, and that's I think also a good mindset to ju- just think about what habits to try to implement. So I started to become a lot less kind of religious about my step count. So I know that you have a really high step count, but that's in a big part kind of just a natural consequence of your lifestyle and how much you're commuting and stuff. And I was getting in 15,000 steps many times when, you know, I, I had to go to like three walks a day, which were like, you know, 2,500 2, each just to get in that step count. And then I started to think about, man, am I really going to keep this up for the long term? I mean, I can start doing it now that I'm cutting, but is it realistic? Like pretty probably as soon as I'm done with my cut, I'm going to stop it. And then what? So I'm like, how about I'm shooting for something more kind of in the middle, something I can foresee myself keeping up for years. So a, a lot of stuff like this. Um, and then, then another thing which is kind of related, um, actually not related at all, but I had a realization about kind of coaching. And that is, you know, I, I, I got frustrated a lot over the last like year or two that I've had a lot of clients who actually paid me decent money and we're simply not doing what I told them to do. 
And, you know, many times it was stuff that I didn't foresee beforehand. So some of them had some pretty bad kind of disordered eating stuff, which um, I didn't know about before. And then it kind of just surfaced like a few weeks into the program. But many times it was things like, um, you know, people would just come up with the same reasons again and again about why they could not follow the program. Uh, you know, like, and stuff like I went out to a restaurant and I ate a bit more and it's like, man, I don't know what to do. And then I would give them strategies. I would give them practical tips and go through everything like one by one. Like this is why this is what I would recommend you to do. And then still next week, same story again. And I just had to come to the realization that like some people just at, at a certain point just cannot be helped basically. And, and that that's a really like shitty thing to say, but honestly, like there is an impasse at a certain point. Like if you tell someone what to do and you give them practical tips and like really you outline the situation, you agree, and then they know what to do, but they just don't do it. I mean, literally at that point, what can you do? And I had a couple of times when I got annoyed pretty much and I gave someone like a hard talk and I hated doing that. Like absolutely hated doing that. And I honestly don't, I still feel bad about it. And it happened like months ago. So, and I, I just don't want to do it in the future. So a big realization for me is that I'm just going to give a lot more kind of reality checks before I start working together with someone. And I'm going to be a lot more selective about who I'm taking on. And probably I'm going to have that conversation with them beforehand. Like, are you really in agreement on, on the fact that, or are you realizing that I cannot do magic for you? Like, it's you who has to do the work. And if you're not doing that at a certain point, I cannot help you. Like, just know that in advance. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, didn't we have this talk? Like, I, I did send you that video, right, from Jordan. Like, how do you help someone who, who's lost? I must have oh. sent you. Yeah, probably. It was a long time ago, probably. Yeah, um, so that's, <laughs> you know, it's funny because, I don't know, I, I thought that you, you realized that a long time ago. I mean, I did, like, years ago. And, man, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain we talked about this uh, earlier as well. Like, I, I mentioned about my mom. Like, I tried to do the same from, for her. And it's just, it's, you can't. And there's this clip, is like two minutes and. I revisit it like every once a week because I, I go through the same thing as well. And I try, I tell the same thing to my clients. I mean, listen, I, I'm with you like three, three workouts a week, four workouts a week. That's four hours. There's 156 hours in a week, I think. So, so that's four hours. It's 152. That's on you. Like I can send you what to eat. I can show you what to eat, whatever. I can give you tips. I can offer you feedback on your diet and stuff like that. But if you're not going to follow through it, uh, you can't do it. And Jordan, I, I recommend to you, I recommend to everyone Jordan's uh, 12 Rules for Life book. And there is a chapter when he talks about this, that there was a psychologist who was like, you know, like the, the pre- the prerequisite for a therapeutic relationship, um, which is it means that it's the flourishing of both people involved, is for you know both people to want to be helped basically. And there is this guy who said that you know pretty much you can take the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So that's pretty much it. I mean, and that's why I hate the whole. While well, I want a trainer to motivate me, and um, I'm gonna start posting this. Twitter uh, type quotes more often because I have a ton going through my mind and I never post them and it's unfortunate. So I start posting more of those and uh, one of those I actually thought this up and I was going to the grocery store like a couple of hours ago so it's funny 
because I, I didn't think it up. I sort of got reminded of it. Like, because I was thinking, well, you know, after New Year's, what should I post? And this was one of the things that I cannot, quote unquote, motivate you. You are the person who has to be willing and wanting to change in the first place. And if you do not, then I, there is nothing I or anyone else can do. Because then, whenever the first, quote unquote, barrier comes into their lives or, you know, a meal or whatever, like you mentioned, they're just going to fall into it or, you know, give in and, uh, you know, mess up their diet. And you can tell them all you want. You can give them strategies all you want. It's not going to help if someone is not committed. And and I think for that to happen, they have to get to a point where I was. They have to be fed up. And there is that quote, I, I had it on my Facebook as a cover a while ago, that change happens when the pain of remaining the same exceeds the pain of required to change or something like that. So your your current situation has to be so unsatisfying and so miserable for you or so, you know, you have to be so unhappy where you are that the change or the pain required or the, you know, the quote-unquote sacrifice or the whatever burden of the things you have to change or go through or whatever, the pain of discipline or call it what you want, is going to be smaller than what you're experiencing right now. Because otherwise you're just going to be well, if it's if you sort of want to lose weight, if you say, ah, kind of want to gain some muscle, then at the first opportunity, you'll be like, ah, well, this pizza is good as well. I mean, ah, I'm not that fat after all. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, what, one, last, one last thing I wanted to mention, and maybe after this we can wrap up because... Um for one, we've gone on for an hour and a half. Secondly, my girlfriend is going to come over and I have to clean up a little bit. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I tried a lot of different strategies on like YouTube and with the podcast about how to grow better and stuff. And I had a couple of stints with the frequent uploads stuff. And again and again, I keep realizing why that doesn't matter. So for one... I mean, in, in some areas, I think you can do that pretty well. So like Greg Doucette with the netty or not stuff. I mean, he has a new video for every day because you can always find another fake netty each day. So that, that, that's pretty simple. Um, also, I mean, if you so, you know, more plates, more dates. Uh, the, nope. The, you don't know more plates, yeah, stop, more dates. Watch. Yeah, uh, stop watching YouTube fitness a long time ago. Yeah. So he is this uh, kind of drug drug uh, guy like talks a lot about pharmacology steroids oh i think he was the guy who was mentioned by luke thomas on the joe rogan when he was on i heard something could be yeah he he exploded uh, quite well in the last year as well but i mean i think his content is like it's not even on the same planet as greg Doucette's in terms of quality and um it's worse or better much better like it's, oh. it's no no competition but um, so, but the point is, he like for him, there are so many topics to exhaust. Like pharmacology is so vast. If you're knowledgeable in that, like you have a ton of video ideas. In fitness, I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure I said everything that I will ever say on my YouTube channel. So at this point, it's taking old content, maybe rephrasing it a little bit better, finding a different angle on it. But I'm not gonna say anything like brand new that I've never said ever before. So it's, it's kind of reiterating similar stuff. But I tried kind of the frequent uploads thing and man, the content gets diluted so fast. And kind of just one funny thing that I wanted to share about this is from, 
It was about 2018, maybe November, until 2019, April or so. I started doing this thing where I made a new video every other day. So that was pretty frequent uploading. And it, it helped me grow on YouTube a little bit faster. That's true. But um, eventually I got to the point where I could literally not come up with anything new. And then I got into a couple of stuff which I kind of regret, like... Uh, just a not very well thought out criti criticism of the Mike Isratel MRV approach, which now recently I did a much better video on, which was like an hour long. That was one. That was that one was maybe 15 minutes long and not very good. So I got a lot of backlash for that, probably rightfully so. And then, like at one point, I was basically coming up with like fake stories about like my challenges and stuff. <laughs> so like, uh, it wasn't that bad. But one time I made a video on. I fucked up my bulk and I got too fat or something. And it was like nothing, like literally gained like 200 grams of fat or something. And I was getting a ton of backlash in the comment section about like, dude, like what the hell? Like how body dysmorphic are you? Like you're like pretty much ripped and you're like talking about getting too fat. Like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with you? So it was not received well at all. So I had a couple of these. So I, I just had to come to terms with the fact that, you no, know, like, you know, one, maybe two videos a week, uh, the occasional podcast episode, and that's pretty much as much content I can pump out to where I can still be somewhat proud of it. So it's not, not super relevant to anything that we talked about so far, but that's just a funny realization that I had. Yeah, definitely. I need to get back to more consistent schedule. I would like to do some Romanian episodes. You know, the issue with me is, um, and I mentioned this as well earlier about the quotes. I mean, I have a ton of stuff in my head. That I never post. And as it turns out, content that's not being created doesn't really help you grow. <clears throat> so no one hires you for this knowledge you have in your head and that no one hears about. So yeah, I need to get... Uh, I'm probably going to use Instagram more. Um, I'm probably... That's that's one of the reasons, other reasons why I, I wanted to be leaner because, hey, you can take better photos. And uh, oh, that's the other thing I realized that... Uh, one of the reasons why these Instagram guys look so great because they use high quality camera. Uh, that's the other aspect. I mean, I was actually shocked how well I looked in those photos that my friend took uh, with that camera simply because the quality is much better. Um, and yeah, they were slightly edited, but still the raw photos look great as well. It's, it's just, you cannot do that with a phone. And he had the latest iphone as well and he took some photos and it's just no no way to compare so i don't know people who buy like this 2000 or 1500 euro or 2000 euro phones of the latest samsung or the latest iphone i would much rather get a mid-range for like 400 and use the rest thousand or 1200 euros and buy a camera and i would be much better off so I might actually do that. I don't know. I have to. Sp I have to save a ton of money first, but yeah, I might do that. Um, but yeah, that, that's for me. I just I need to, for you. It might be, but you're much more prolific in the content area. I mean, you do videos. I don't do so. So yeah, I need to get back to more consistent schedule. And I wanted to this year, but uh, yeah, well, this year has been. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, so uh, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Um, so yeah, guys, hopefully you took something out of this. If nothing else, just some mindless listen while you're working out or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Andre, thank you so much for being on. So uh, I will post your stuff in the show description. 
then uh, yeah, we will catch each other later.